0: The questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth.
1: Welcome to Veritas.
0: A Chinese wise man once said, a student said to his master, quote, You teach me fighting, but you talk about peace. How do you reconcile the two? The master replied, It is better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war, unquote. Our society is under full scale attack by psychopaths, intent on destroying our minds, our spirits, and our lives. The goal of this war is to call the herd and transform the survivors into obedient soulless slaves. This is always the goal of psychopaths total domination over fawning, fearful fools. We need to mount a vigorous defense, but there's a fundamental obstacle for doing so. For years, Behavioral programming by our schools and media have sought to disempower us, make us apathetic, dependent on the state, and afraid. Before any significant positive change can be made, we need to first rally the troops and empower the people so they can stand up and make a change. The only way to do this is to reawaken the warrior spirit within. Do you have the strength of character to step out your door and change your world? Could one meeting with a stranger... Change the course of your life forever? We must push ourselves to train each day. Never show weakness. Never show fear. Be larger than life and live to gain as much experience as every day can bring. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Famburgis at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Stefan Verstappen, a Canadian writer, world traveler, and martial artist. He has worked as a wilderness survival instructor for outward-bound programs, a street youth counselor, a first aid and CPR instructor, and a martial art instructor. Verstappen has written eight books and dozens of articles for a variety of publications. He follows his own hybrid spiritual path that leans heavily in the scientific principle and a healthy skepticism. And we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. His website is Chinastrategies.com, and Stefan Verstappen joins us directly from Oville, Toronto, Canada. Hello, Stefan, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing fine,
2: Mel. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of your show.
0: Well, I'm honored to hear that. Thank you very much. Well, you came to me a few weeks ago, and we discussed our plan today. You've written great books. This video that you produced some time ago has gone viral. As of right now, over 300,000 views, which is great for alternative media like ours. Why don't we begin with the elephant in the room the psychopath. Are we run, is this world run and ruled by psychopaths?
2: Yes, I'm afraid so. Uh, The evidence is overwhelming. And it appears that uh, psychopaths have been running the world for quite some time and they're clever at hiding who and what they are and it's really only within the last 50 60 years where psychologists and 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 researchers have begun to realize that there is this thing called a psychopath now it may be true that in olden times medieval or ancient days, they were called vampires or demons or zombies and ghouls because really that is sort of what they are. They are vampires. They are zombies. They are ghouls. It's just it's it's the strangest thing Some for some reason and no one has been able to figure out exactly why but there are certain percentage of people born on this planet that have no conscience but it's more than just not having a conscience many of them are malevolent they have an active desire to do evil they enjoy destruction and desecration and degeneracy. They they enjoy it. They enjoy to see people suffer. They enjoy seeing children abused. And they enjoy tearing down everything that's good about humanity. And why, we, we, we don't know. We can't answer that. There's been studies done, genetics, early childhood upbringing, things like that. It's probably... Uh, you know, a combination of the two, but mostly it seems to be genetics. But the fact is they exist. Now, the problem is they are better able to survive in hierarchical structures. Uh, In other words, anytime you have a a model a pyramid model and you know it's no it's no coincidence that all this evil new world order nonsense seems to revolve around pyramids and all seeing eyes uh because pyramid structures are the primary structure in which psychopaths flourish because they can use their ruthlessness their ability to camouflage themselves their ability to mimic others and they have also the the skill of cold reading meaning that you know since they're small children they study us uh, like we're insects so that they can learn our mannerisms so that they can better imitate those mannerisms to fool us into thinking that they're human that they have the same human compassion and feelings that most people have but they don't but they are experts at fooling us. Now, when you combine absolute greed and thirst for power with ruthlessness and cunning and the ability to conceal yourself and the willingness to do anything to succeed, whereas, you know, you and I would have limits on to what we would do to people in order to take their money or to take power from them, um, There is no such limitations for these people. So what happens is they are better suited to succeed. They are better able to climb the corporate ladder, to uh, climb the political ladder, to rise in the hierarchy of a large religious organization and get to the top, because when you get to the top of the pyramid, the pyramid you know at the top controls everything has all the power and this is a magnet for these people anytime you create a position whether it's in business or government or religion or in the military where one person has a lot of power one position has a lot of power you're going to attract these people and again they have an advantage over good and decent people so they're more likely to succeed in attaining that position and over the years, the decades and and the 200 years since the founding of the nation, they've had a lot of time to infiltrate and get to the top of just about every hierarchical structure and yes, now they are in control and because they are malevolent, this is why we see so many ills in our society because that's what they like. That's what they do. That's why you see these pedophilia gangs. That's why we see this mass immigration. That's why we see the Oxycontin addiction rates. Well, going hold hold on.
0: Let's dissect each of those points because I think each is very important. The first okay. one the first sure. one, the pedophilia. Even today, I keep reading that what they want, what they really want to do. We've been hearing the LGBTQ and they keep adding letters to, to that acronym. But the one letter, the one letter that I can, that, that I despise, that I cannot see is the pedosexual. They want to normalize that. Let's go step by step. Let's start with that. Sure. How in the world can they expect a society to accept as normal being a pedophile?
2: Well, look at what we've already accepted as normal um, for, you know, I've, I've been searching for the truth my whole life, Mel, and I might not have found a lot of truth, but I have found a lot of lies. And our whole society is nothing but a big lie. We are, are now all of us virtual debt slaves. Everyone is working their lives away to pay off the, the government and the credit card and the mortgage and People don't have a life anymore, other than the moments they take to stare at the smartphone. So they've convinced us to be happy as virtual slaves. And in you know you know my series, the Paradise Stolen, where I say, why are we poor? Um, even medieval peasant farmers in England had more time off, had more freedom, and paid far less taxes than we do today. And that's with all the advances of technology and labor-saving devices and all. We work longer and harder than medieval peasants do, and yet that's normalized. That's perfectly normal. Nobody thinks twice about it.
0: And so will they normalize pedophilia? Absolutely. It's coming. I'm just pausing for a moment because a lot of the topics we're discussing today are very difficult to grasp, even for me sometimes, especially this pedophilia part, where I find it an abomination that only a psychopath can even entertain. Is psychopathy genetic or is it the environment the person grows up in or or a combination of both?
2: Well, there's there's been s- several studies done on it, and the most recent one seems to indicate that it is genetic. They call it the warrior gene, which I really object to because, you know, I promote the way of the warrior. A warrior has nothing to do with psychopaths. Psychopaths are not warriors, but it does seem to be um, genetic. Now, whether or not a genetic psychopath Grows up to be malevolent and demonic, that may have something to do with uh, um, nurture. For example, oh, geez, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, There is one researcher who was studying the genetics of psychopathy, and he tested himself, and he found out that he actually has that genetic gene. He has that gene that would make him a psychopath. And he asked his family. He was married. He has children. He has a successful career. He's a, a, a neurophysicist and um, and the name of the documentary is The Warrior Gene. It's on YouTube so you can watch it and it's very interesting. Anyways, he asked his family, uh, am I a psychopath? Um, do I have a conscience or do I lack emotional depth? And they all said, yeah. But he wasn't a bad person. And he says, you know, his family loved him. I mean, he didn't have the emotional ability to connect with people that that is the problem with psychopaths because they don't have that that ability to empathize, no empathy or compassion doesn't necessarily make you a bad person and he credits the fact that he's not a serial killer or a politician but i repeat myself Uh, he credits the fact that he's you know loved by his family and has a successful career because he said he was raised in the most loving nurturing caring family his parents were wonderful to him they loved him they cared for him and they they educated him and they did everything for him so now we can see that yes it's probably a combination of the two and it might even be epigenetic but certainly you would have to have a genetic predisposition towards it however there are cases and in the video and in my writing I I, I refer to it as secondary psychopaths other researchers refer to it as that as well and a secondary psychopath is someone who becomes a psychopath because of extreme childhood trauma and abuse and drugs are often involved in that too. For example, junkies are all psychopaths because a junkie only cares about his next fix. So functionally, a junkie is a psychopath. However, if a a junkie can kick his addiction, he can then be welcomed back among the humans because usually the psychopathy that drove or the addiction that drove his psychopathy is gone, then his psychopathy is gone as well. So people can be created through extreme abuse. Brain injury sometimes would do it. There was a a case of a man that was in a car accident and he had a severe concussion. And when he came out of the coma, he was a psychopath. He could no longer feel or care for his family, his kids. He couldn't care less about them, you know. And so brain injury can do it. But Mostly, it's a genetic component. Now, whether or not that person grows up to be a serial killer or grows up to be somebody that uh, might not be too lovable, but is a functional contributing person to society, that may depend purely on the environment.
0: That's what I was going to say. What about the environment? What about the bully that bullies in school but is bullied at home? Uh, the the criminal who was abused as a child, and of course, folks, I'm not condoning this behavior at all. I just want to understand the logic behind their actions. Sometimes,
2: yes. Well, again, I would I would qualify that under possibly a secondary psychopath. A, a secondary psychopath is someone who was not born naturally a psychopath, but like a gang member. Like a gang member. For example, you've seen in the video, I make the analogy between a street gang. Uh, so let's say you're a 13 year old boy and you're born and uh, you live in South Central. Um, the place is, uh, you know, dominated by street gangs. Now you have two choices. You can go to school every day and have the living crap beat out of you by the gang members, or you can join the gang. Now, if you join the gang, you have to adopt the value system of that gang. So you now have to bully other kids or now you have to engage in petty crime and drug dealing and and uh, the same disregard for feelings and emotions and property as the rest of the gang members do. So now that... That kid is a psychopath, but he's a secondary psychopath. In other words, his behavior is now completely controlled by his environment, which causes him and encourages him to behave in a psychopathic manner. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, the same thing can occur in big business. I'm thinking about the Enron uh, company and the famous scandal back in the 80s, early 90s, I believe it was. And they had the tape recordings of these traders Um when they were talking to clients and then you know how they would lie and manipulate and say anything they can to get their clients to buy the stocks and then after they'd hang up they would give each other the high five and you know tell each other what an experts they were at bullshit and again the whole environment of that corporation was psychopathic. So the same thing would occur if you were to get a job at Enron in the, in the late 1980s and you wanted to be a trader and you didn't lie and manipulate and cheat and scam your investors, you wouldn't have a job. You couldn't, you know, you wouldn't stay there for more than a couple of weeks. Now, by the way, in I don't or- even believe that Kenneth Lay is dead, but
0: that's a different story.
2: I, I don't believe it either. You know, these guys now Kenneth Lay and uh, the other fellow, uh, those are definitely, you know, primary psychopaths. They weren't psychopaths because of abuse or because of the environment. These guys are born that way. And uh, that's the environment they created within the corporations. And now these traders and everybody had to work in that corporation. Now, you either toe the psychopathic line or you don't work there. So, again, the environment creates these psychopaths for those of us that have to deal with them, I mean, it's no difference whether they're a primary psychopath or a secondary, because they are going to be nothing but trouble for us. Nothing but trouble and misery and suffering. That's all they can produce. But for them, the the secondary psychopaths have a hope for redemption. If they quit their job and they go, you know, work at a charity or at a, at a dog rescue operation, um, they can get their humanity back because it's not been genetically altered. But for the primary ones, those that were born with that gene, they are incurable. Nothing will ever get them to feel compassion or love for their fellow man. It's it's hopeless with those types.
0: When you think of uh, world leaders, dictators, and so on, uh, you hear the the saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think absolute power what, what What is it I'm trying to say? I heard it from somebody else. Absolute uh, Emerson. power. Yes, correct. Power they, corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Absolutely. But what I think, they attract the corruptible.
2: That's what I think too, Mel. Yeah,
0: I don't think, like, if you gave
2: me power, I wouldn't be corrupted. Because, first of all, I don't care for power. I've, I've never been anybody that wanted to... The kind of person that wanted to tell anybody what to do or give orders, it's just not me. That's why I'm an anarchist, because I realized that these hierarchical structures create environments in which psychopaths flourish and also give them the power to make our lives miserable. And the only way to stop them from doing it is to make sure we don't have organizations where there's one guy at the very top. That's not to say I'm a socialist, because that's the opposite extreme, but rather that the power is diffused enough so that everybody, no one can act with impunity, that everyone must have checks and balances. Even still, that psychopath will find a workaround for that but that's the best we can hope for so I don't think I would be corrupted by power
1: thank you for listening to unlock the full two-hour interview including video formats downloads transcripts exclusive articles and more subscribe to Veritas Plus now gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008 just click subscribe at veritasradio.com because you don't want to believe you want to know